Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. Light it up on a Friday, Friday edition of Light the Tower on the Horn. We are live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. I am Jeff Howe, Horns 24-7, horns247.com, the Longhorn Blitz podcast. I'm on Twitter at jeffhowe247. Don't know what you'll find on the Twitter machine if you follow me, but go ahead and do it if you want. Uh, also at jeffhowe247 on Instagram. I post some reels, stuff from the, the team beat, if you will. Also, my uh, sports card content is on my Instagram account now if you're so inclined to get over there and check that out. But Nice big show today to close out the broadcast week and get you into your weekend. Behind the glass, as always, manning the ship, the prodigy play-by-play man himself, Cameron Parker. Cameron, you got any play? You, well, you got Round Rock Baseball, right? Yes, sir. Is, is that it? Is that is that all that's on your plate right now and the occasional UT softball game? Yeah, just gearing up for uh, the rest of district season for high school baseball and the postseason as well. All right, so we were hoping to be joined by Craig today. Craig is in Stillwater with the Texas baseball team. Longhorn starting a three-game, really critical three-game series tonight at O'Brate Stadium against Oklahoma State. It's a top 25 showdown in Big 12 play. Uh, Craig is having some difficulties getting connected at the team hotel in Stillwater. Yes. Technical issues in the state of Oklahoma. I know. Shocker. But hopefully, maybe at some point we'll be joined by Craig. But if not, you know, hey, we we try we get Cameron, did we not try our best this morning? We're still trying. We, we we've got <laughs> the technical team out there. They're rushing out the Stillwater. It's all hands on we, deck right we, now. Seriously, we waited like as long as we possibly could until Craig was like, all right, you know what? It ain't happening right now. Just go ahead and start and see if we can get it together. So we do have some baseball audio, though, that we'll get to throughout the show. Uh, A little Peyton Powell interview that Craig conducted. A little David Pierce sound. So we'll get to that. We'll cover – we'll get to some Texas football. Uh, We'll take your feedback on the Specs text line, 337-3776. Shout out to one of our listeners, Cameron. I went over to Card Traders of Austin yesterday. Shout out to Walt and the crew up there. They do an outstanding job. And uh, our good friend Belton Gringo was in there shopping for his sports cards needs. And uh, had a nice nice little chat with Belton Gringo. I let him know, hey, we don't take offense to 99.4% of the stuff said on the Specs text line. Very, very, very (laughs) rarely does something get said on the Specs text line that greatly offends Craig or myself. So and those folks are no longer allowed to text to use the specs text line. But now Belton Gringo and there's a few other texters that are good loyal listeners to the show. So uh, Belton Gringo is good to meet you. He was I think he was buying some Keith Moreland cards and uh, some some Tommy Boggs cards while he was in there. So uh, adding to the collection. But uh, Cameron, you've never been a big baseball, football, basketball card guy, have you? I used to be when I was a kid. I used to be really into tops, and my uncle passed down. His baseball card collection, but as I got older, I just kind of got away from it. You still have it? Yeah, I still have it. I, I haven't gone through it in years. What y- what years are we talking about? From, uh, I mean, I have Babe Ruth stuff all the way up to Skinny Berry Bonds to Fat Berry Bonds. <laughs> and I, I think I, I stopped like late 2010s, mostly got into like football, so football p- cards. So I think the last card I had that I loved was the Finch Young rookie card. Okay. So here's what you need to do. Just if you have that, do you have that box with you, or is it like at your mom's? Uh, it's probably in our attic somewhere. Why don't you go? Why don't you see if you can find it? 
and then uh, bring it to this, bring okay. it up here, and I'll I'll go through it. Let's for do you. it. Uh, uh, this uh, screenwriter texting on the specs text and said, "Jeff, uh, you the man, but critical series with OSU, not even April yet. No, it's critical from the from the standpoint that uh, you know, Texas got that sweep over Texas Tech, uh, and you know, going on the road in Big Twelve play, uh, you know." <sighs> Yeah, critical might be a stretch, but just me thinking forward, this is the kind of series that, you know, if this team is for real, like, and and that's the thing, Cam, with this Texas baseball team. Like, I don't know. I was on an interview earlier this week with our good friend Tom Barfield up in Waco, and I got asked, you know, how for real is this baseball team? And my answer was, I, I don't know. Like, I still don't know how good this baseball team is. Uh, but if this team is for real, and it's not to say that if they, you know, drop two or three that they're pretenders or anything like that, but you go up to Stillwater and, and you take a series from a really good Oklahoma State team, then all of a sudden, like, the, the progress you made through this winning streak, which heading into tonight's game is at 15 games, that would mean that, okay, maybe this thing is a little more legit than, than I thought. And I'm not saying that it's all been smoke and mirrors, but, you know, we know the competition during this winning streak, by, by and large, hasn't been good. Uh, it was nice to see them get the sweep of Texas Tech. But, yeah, like I said, you go up to Stillwater, you take two or three from Oklahoma State, dare I say you're cooking with peanut oil at that point because you would be in a really, really good place for the Big 12 title race. You'd be in a really good place for potentially hosting a regional. Which I've said, I've said that's kind of my bar for this year. If this team is hosting a regional, I think this team will have – he had a really good Huge. year, considering everything. Considering all the losses, everything else. If you get yourself in a position where you're hosting a regional, then that would have been really, really good for this baseball team. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll keep you updated. Any any word from Craig Cameron? Nothing yet. We're still okay. we're still working on it. All right, so we'll we'll get to some Texas baseball audio though. We'll get to some Texas football, all that fun stuff. Uh, MJ from Hearn said. Uh, don't forget about your texture from her. No, MJ, I cannot forget you because, as we all know, thank you to my good friend Matt Stepp for letting me in on this piece of intel long, long, many, many years ago. Hearn is the town that Walmart killed not once, but twice. Two times Walmart killed the city of Hearn. So just file that away in case you need a little Hearn trivia. Uh, texture says, uh, Sorry, I had trouble pulling that up. Hey, Jeff, rumors going around. Bijan coming to my Seahawks. Thoughts? I'd hate to see him go to the Cowboys and be wasted in an organization that won't see past the first round. Hey, they've been past the wild card round. They've been to the divisional round. It's just getting past the divisional round has been the problem for that team. Uh, Cameron, I don't know. Bijan to the Seahawks? Interesting. I don't I gotta look at where the Seahawks are drafting right now because I know they've got they've got the Broncos pick, which are they going to take Anthony Richardson with that pick? And get Pete their, Carroll was at uh, Richardson's pro day yesterday, and get uh, get their quarterback of the future, which see. I still think is one of the most overreactionary things in sports media is the the pro days. Jeff, oh my when gosh, it, when it ends on a dude, you're telling me right? Like, oh geez, you know. I know it sounds like a broken record when I talk about this, but it's like, wow, uh, you know, he completed 60 of 61 passes and looked great. I'm like, yeah, he's on his own campus. He scripted the throws. He's throwing to his receivers. I don't care if, you know, you do have a ball sale on you or whatever. You should be damn near perfect in that setting. And, you know, the pro day doesn't really relate to what you do on the field. Eh, you know, I, I do think it's interesting, though, that uh, if you look at kind of the, those three quarterbacks that all came out at the same time with Colt McCoy, Sam Bradford, and Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. Bradford and Tebow were taken in the first round. I think it's interesting that Colt's the one still playing in the league yeah. at this point. Uh, the Seahawks, their second pick is at 20. It's right in that area where I talk about. I think the Chargers at 21, you've at least got to get in front of the Chargers if you want to get B. John Robinson. If you're the Cowboys, the Bills... Uh, the Eagles at 30. Like I said, the Eagles had those two picks. Maybe they can package something together and move down and pick up a couple twos or threes, whatever. The Seahawks, I got to look at their running back depth chart. I think that would make sense, but I I just really I really like Bijan with the Chargers. The more I think about it, like we talked about yesterday, the Justin Herbert factor, take out Brandon Staley, remove Brandon Staley from the equation. I really like Bijan 
with the Chargers. With the Seahawks, Jeff, because they drafted Kenneth Walker last year, so it's tough to see them going running back heavy back-to-back drafts. The Chargers make sense because Austin Eckler has requested a trade. Now, he has not been traded yet. I do not think so. But 21 for Bijan makes a lot of sense if, if you're a Chargers fan or if you're even on the team. Uh, DJ Dallas Darwin Thompson on this depth chart I'm looking at for the Seahawks. Yeah, running back for them seems like it would be overkill to use a first-round pick on a running back, especially if you're going to go quarterback with that first pick because you know you're not planning on Anthony Richardson playing for you at all this year. So I, I would think they've got to get somebody that can help them at a different position. So, like I said, I think you've got to – and for the Seahawks, you know what, though? The Seahawks are at 20. That seems like a really good spot for Pete Carroll. We know Pete Carroll is one of those coaches that loves to trade back and maybe pick up some picks and maybe still get the guy. The Seahawks do typically do a really good job of valuing, and, and more years off, more often than not, they are drafting at the back end of the first round, like really maximizing those picks and, and being wise with their picks and maybe trading back and still getting the guy they want. So maybe that's a scenario for the Seahawks, but I'm kind of with you, Cam. Even like you draft Bijan as like a, a backup running back, I don't – or a a, mm-hmm. a one A one B with Kenneth Walker. I I just think that's there are better ways to use your draft capital if you're the Seahawks. Uh, Austin Frog says the same can be said about the 2011 quarterback draft class. Take a look at the quarterback who is still in the league from that year. Would that be the Blaine Gabbert? Uh, the Blaine Gabbert Christian? Was that the Christian Ponder draft? All right, let me look, let me pull that up on the Google machine real quick. Uh, let's see, Cam Newton, uh, that was not the Blaine Gabbert draft. Jake Locker, oh yeah, Blaine Gabbert went 10th overall. Uh, yeah, Christian Ponder, that's that's the quarterback draft. When I saw Christian Ponder go in, in the top 15 when the Vikings got him at 12, I'm like, okay, we've officially jumped the shark on drafting quarterbacks. Like Christian Ponder was probably a two, maybe even a three, and you jumped up to get him midway through the first round. Still, uh, wasn't, wasn't Tyrod Taylor and Andy Dalton part of that draft class? Uh yeah, Andy Dalton was uh, Blaine Gabbert. Is he a free agent at this point? Um, I don't know. I know he was with the Bucks last year. Andy Dalton's with the Saints now. Maybe is that right? Carolina is with yeah, the Andy Dalton's with, with the Panthers. Carolina. And then uh, Ty, I don't think Tyrod Taylor's still in the league. Am I right? Am I am I wrong about that? Tyrod Taylor's still in the league. It says he's with the New York Giants. Tyron Taylor's with the Giants. Okay. Uh, let's see. Other quarterbacks. Colin Kaepernick was in round two. Oof. Taylor Potts from Texas Tech. Gerard Johnson Ooh. from A&M. Ryan Mallett, Texans Ryan Mallett. fans, in round three. Yeah. Every year, man, you're you're going to see drafts like that. The quarterback, we do it. I, we do it in recruiting. The NFL does it with their evaluations. You You typically, more often than not, overvalue the quarterback position. And some guys are ranked, slotted, drafted, whatever, what have you, higher than they probably should be just based on the value of the position. Uh, CB reminds us Oklahoma State is coming off a loss to Dallas Baptist. They lost that midweeker to Dallas Baptist. They did beat DBU earlier in the year in a midweek game. So that's one of those, that's one of those deals, man. You play DBU in a midweek. It's, it's, that's it's, a tough it's, game. It's a, lose, it's a lose-lose. If you win that game, oh, you're supposed to win. If you lose it. You lost to a really good team, but nobody's going to care at that point. Uh, and, yes, Austin Frog reminding us that Cam Newton was part of that 2011 draft. Cameron, anything top of mind for you as we get ready to wind up this first segment and, and hit the break and get ready to talk some Longhorns? We do have segment. some audio from Sark's press conference yesterday with the media, and we have some audio from David Pierce and some more Texas baseball that will be played throughout the show. So uh, stay tuned for that. Yeah. Um, again, Spec's text line is open, 337-3776. Longhorn Notebook coming up next. Also got a Longhorn Notebook coming up in hour number two. Inconceivable. It's Friday. So what's Friday mean, Cameron? Flaccid, baby. Flaccidity running amok as we go to the most flaccid state in the lower 48 and grab that low-hanging fruit from the state of Florida on a Friday. Uh, You know what, Cameron? Let's go ahead right now since we just talked Texas baseball. Let's go ahead and just get this David Pierce audio. This is not a very long clip, uh, but this uh, this is from David Pierce. I believe this is sound courtesy uh, of our good friend Roger Wallace. Am I right about that? You are. Cameron? All right. Yeah, so this is David Pierce. Uh, Go ahead and hit it, Cam. 
There's a process, and when you continue the process and then you have results, then you're going to gain confidence. And uh, they've just stuck with their plan. They've stuck with their work, and I think that's been the key. And then they've had good results, and so now you can start seeing uh, so much more confidence. And, and not only at the plate, but attacking hitters, expecting and wanting the baseball hit to them. And so it's a good thing as a, as a ball club to, to feel like, you know, as a team, there's a lot of confidence, and as a team, you expect to win. Yeah, one of those guys that we'll hear from here in a little bit is Peyton Powell speaking about confidence. Cam, how does a 416 batting average with a 1209 OPS sound to you? Does that hmm. grab you a little bit? Yeah, just a little bit. That'd be strong to quite strong. <laughs> Five bombs, 19 RBI for uh, for Peyton Powell. Eric Kennedy hitting 374. Porter Brown at 363. Garrett Gilmets over 300 at 314. Uh, Dylan Campbell, we're starting to see the average creep up. He's hitting 266. Uh, Jack O'Dowd almost, you know, just right below 300 at 284. So uh, you've got guys in the lineup that are starting to produce. And and like Coach Pierce said right there, when you look at uh, you know, they're pitching, you know, you know, you pretty much know at this point what you're going to get from Lucas Gordon. Charlie Hurley continues to be really good. Uh, LBJ got the three inning win in College Station on Tuesday. Zane Morehouse making that transition to the back end of the bullpen. So uh, everything at this point, uh, you know, holds up from the improvements they've made during that during that winning streak when they had that big homestand and you're playing the likes of, you know, New Orleans and uh, UIW and Manhattan. Uh, get good routines going, build some confidence, and that's carried over to conference play. We'll see if that continues tonight in Stillwater. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Cam, we'll get to some of that Sark audio after the break, and we'll talk a little Texas football. Longhorns getting ready for a scrimmage tomorrow in spring ball. We are beyond the halfway point of spring ball. We're kind of heading down the stretch spring practice right now we'll get some sark audio and uh, we'll continue to talk texas baseball throughout the show take your feedback on the specs text line all of that and more as we roll along on a friday edition of light the tower on the horn live local and digital on the horn app and at hornfm.com light the tower When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rolling along, hour number one of Light the Tower, Jeff Howe, Cameron Parker. Got a lot of comments and compliments on our show yesterday, Cam. Our nice little rattlesnake alligator guard discussion. Got some great responses on the Twitter machine, too. Love it. Love it. Uh, not that I want this show to take that route, but, man, I uh, was driving in this morning. I'm wearing shorts because it's supposed to be, like, 90 today, and... There's like, I got some kind of like, I don't know if it's like a bee sting or something. I don't Uh-oh. remember feeling anything bite me, but like some. Bed bugs? No, I, it's just like some wicked looking bite thingy. It's not like a pimple, but it doesn't look like a bite either. I don't know what the heck it is. It's a time of year where it's like either you're sick or it's just allergies or, you know, with, you know, hitting spring, there's just a bunch of random bugs around your house I'll, yeah i don't outside. know man i don't know i just like I, it's one of those deals like i i put my hand like on my console and then like i brushed it against my nail like, what is that and i'm like is it an ingrown hair well, I, don't, I don't know so you just ever get like random stuff on you just don't know how it got there yeah all, all the time dude it, you know it's one of those deals like i'm sure everybody's like this you feel like a spider you get like a spider or something crawling on you and then you knock it off and then you feel like okay now i just feel like there are spiders just constantly on me i'm not talking like day. Not like Glen Allen Hill freaking out and having night terrors over spiders, but or like you kill a scorpion in the house and then like you're just you feel like you're constantly searching, just checking the ceilings and the walls, every little nook and cranny of your house for scorpions at that point. That's mostly cockroaches for me. Spiders, I don't care. That's gross, yo. But roaches, like I, I get you I, some raid. I don't play with roaches, man. I don't play. I get you. I get you some raid or some traps, something. 
we had the bug guy out yesterday. He actually dropped off 200 golf balls, too, for me because he lives on Blackhawk. And he was yeah. just like, do you play golf? And I'm like, I'm white, so yeah. And he's like, all right, here you go. So it, it was a win-win day. You know, is, that, the- is that like your – was that like one of your ultimate, like, just random – Non uh, non nefarious fantasies come true. So I'm like, Cameron, would you like 200 free golf balls? <laughs> well, yes, I would love 200 free golf balls. Yes. You, oh, oh, yeah. You won't have to buy golf balls for a minute. Then are we talking like nice stuff, like some nice Titleist balls or what? Well, if you're playing Blackhawk, that means you're not very good at golf usually. Um, <laughs> so there was there's a lot of no disrespect to anybody out there right now. Yeah, I mean it's it's a cow pasture if we're being honest, but it's it's a good track for you're looking to pay ten fifteen bucks to play golf. There's there's some decent stuff in there. That's what I'm talking about. That's my kind of course. It's a, if you're a beginner golfer, I highly recommend Blackhawk. And it's also golf prices have gotten. I'm turning this into, into, into a golf rant, so we're we're just going to move along, Jeff. No, 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 no. I want I want you to get this out. It feels like something that's top of mind for you. It's like bending your system for a while. You need to get it out. It's this show. It's uh, this job cam is supposed to be cathartic. Okay, got to get all your even if we've got first world problems. Just get your get your first world problems out. Some of the Let's green fees in this area have gotten a bit too extreme. In my opinion. There's certain courses out there. I won't name names. Avery Ranch, but um, <laughs> getting getting too much. So honestly, if you play Blackhawk, you're you're saving probably like sixty, seventy dollars a day. What is your What is your favorite? Like I know there's some awesome courses in and around our Fairburg. What is like your favorite? Just you know, money doesn't matter. Like you you know you can afford it. You know you're gonna. It's kind of like uh. Like the target of golf courses, right? Like it's not going to be a bad experience. You feel like it's going to be pretty, just pretty solid. You know, you might not have the greatest time you ever had golfing, but you know you're not going to have a bad time. If my, if my self-esteem is low on my swing or golf, I'll go out to Star Ranch because the fairways are are wide. Now, I think the best public golf course in Austin is Forest Creek. Like for the price and for the amenities and just for the golf course, it's one of the toughest golf courses to play. So I love Forest Creek. That that's my go-to, anytime I'm look, looking to tee it up. Sweet. So there's Cameron with some little a little uh, golf course advice. Let's uh, transition from the fairway to the gridiron for this hour's edition of the Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. All right, Cam, we got some Sark cuts. Uh, what what is cut number one? We're about to hear right here. This is from yesterday's post-practice Zoom, by the way, with Sark. Yeah, so this is Sark talking about um, how many games Arch Manning will start. No, okay, this is actually about <laughs> Quinn Ewers and the development of Quinn and both him and Alfred Collins. Yeah, um, I think um, I th- a couple of things from Quinn. I think Quinn had a really good winter conditioning kind of offseason. Um, I think he got himself in really good shape. Um he definitely feels more comfortable. Um, it, it, you can almost uh, a sense of, you know, he's throwing the ball very naturally, very comfortably. Um, you know, I think from a decision-making standpoint, the reads are just happening that much quicker, uh, that much more decisive. I think the management of our style of offense, right? The, the shifts, the motions, the tempos, the, the varying tempos, all those things of, of handling of that aspect of the game, I think you're seeing growth. I think it just looks like a guy who's in year two and is growing into year two of, of, of the, from a comfort level. Not perfect, and, and I don't expect him to be perfect right now. I mean, we challenge him every day, and the defense is challenging the offense every day, and we're putting new things in. There's some things we're looking at that, that maybe we haven't decided are we going to put and have as – a part of our offense. And so that can be challenging on a quarterback because there's some newness to, to what we're doing. But at the end of the day, I just think his comfort level, uh, but also I think his, his intent, right? I mean, he, he was very intentional this off season of getting himself in a, in a, in a really good space physically and mentally. Um, and I think it's showing um, throughout the first eight practices. I think Alfred um, has taken another step. Right. Um, you know, we, we talked a lot about Alfred a year ago about it wasn't about the talent. It was about the consistency in the play and his style of play. And when Alfred plays that way, which he's doing right now, where he's consistent at the point of attack, he can use his length. He has great athleticism. He can close on the ball. Um, and and he, when he plays really violent, like he's doing right now, he's a he's a real problem. And uh, I think that we've seen that here the first half of spring from him. All right, let's work backwards. 
It's the Alfred Collins bit. That's exactly what I want to hear from Alfred Collins. He uh, ch- chalk him up again, kind of like David Benda in that uh, intriguing player category, and both of them for, for different reasons. We talked about David Benda earlier in the week as maybe having that John Harris-type season, but on defense for Texas. Do we know how good Alfred Collins is? We know the raw tools. We've seen the flashes. Can you get it consistently? And if you get it consistently – there's no question Sark is right. That's not that's not him blowing smoke. You, dude, he's a difference maker. If you get that splash play ability on those splash plays, instead of being few and far between, are more frequent, and he is just a down-to-down consistent football player, he's, he's one of your probably two or three truly impact guys on that side of the ball. There's no, no doubt in my mind. And again, the big I mentioned this yesterday, the big question for me with the defensive line, it's not – can Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy be what Keandre Coburn and Mora Wajomo were last year? It's can Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton give you what Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy gave you last year? Can they do that this year? That's the big thing for me in terms of this defensive line really truly being able to talk about to talk about talent's depth. It's the the Michael Scott scene from The Office where he says, "Yes, thank you." That's that's what we talked about yesterday in Longhorn Notebook was yeah. about Alfred Collins and we we already know what he can do. It's can he do it consistently? I just want to know what their plans are for him in terms of what shade he's playing and 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 if you know if he's playing multiple shades and having success, then that means the football IQ part of it will be there for him along with the talent. Uh, you know, if he's playing just one shade and this is working, then maybe that's all it was. Maybe he just needed to focus on one thing and do that one thing well. Uh, the Quinn Ewer stuff, Cam. Doesn't really surprise me at all. I mean, you go out to practice, you watch him, even the little bits that we've gotten to see, he just looks like a guy that understands what he's doing. It's it's the diff like the difference between Quinn and Arch now was the difference between Quinn and Hudson Card at this time a year ago. Hudson Card looked like a guy that understood the system, understood the flow of practice, just looked more comfortable. Whereas Quinn was the guy trying to figure everything out. Now, Quinn is the guy that's had a full year in the system understands the flow of practice, understands what Sark and A.J. Mill we want, and Arch is the guy trying to figure out how everything functions, how everything works. So it's just it's just a comfort level deal with Quinn. And, I mean, as good as we've heard Jonte Cook and A.D. Mitchell and DeAndre Moore have been, I, I think just putting more weapons around Quinn, you know, and, and this kind of goes back to another thing I talked about earlier this week, Sark figuring out kind of what makes him tick, what concepts, what things within the frame, within his offense can you go to to really get Quinn in the rhythm, really get him established, build his confidence. I think that's the kind of stuff you start working on this spring now that the, the baseline fundamental stuff is in just in terms of knowing the offense. I know when we talk about fundamentals with Quinn, you know, I know it, it goes back to footwork, but, you know, we talked about something on the Longhorn Blitz this week that really made me think. You know, Rod brought it up, and it's true. You could tell at times last year, once defensive coordinators had some film on Quinn and figured out, okay, this is how you can defend him, you saw him trying to process and really have trouble processing. And that's not to totally excuse like the footwork issues and the mechanical issues that we talked about with Quinn. I just wonder how much of the mechanical issues and the fundamental issues go back to having to process, and then once you process, you realize – now the the clock in your head, you're rushed, and then you don't really get to set your feet and throw properly like you ideally would want to. So I think all of that stuff ties together. Your ability to process, your ability to anticipate, and then the footwork and all that stuff has to come with it. It's just, I talked about it before, it's just that nat, that slow burn that even the best quarterbacks we've seen in Texas go through. Vince went through it. Colt went through it. Uh, Sam went through it. Everybody goes through those periods where, Maybe you hit that wall and you're trying to figure some things out, but the really good ones, they clear that wall, and then they're off and running at some point. Uh, what's this next cut we got, Cam? The latest scrimmage standouts, I believe. Yeah, so there was some scrimmage stuff that went on last Saturday during the coaching clinic. Obviously, we talked about scrimmage coming up tomorrow, but this was Sark talking about guys during those scrimmage situations last Saturday who stood out. I think all in all, last Saturday went well. Uh, I think, first of all, we came out of it healthy, which is always a positive in spring. We want to tackle. We want to be physical. Um, but, you know, you, you're always mindful of, of, of injuries and, and what that could look like. I think that was, that was the first part that, that stood out to me. You know, I think, I think inevitably, um, 
I thought there was some real flashes in the past game. Um, I thought that that there was some things that we've been working on in the passing game that was really effective for us. I think Terrence Brooks was a guy that kind of stood out that that did some things last last Saturday that that showed up. Um, thinking through here of other things that JT Sanders um, was was good last Saturday and showed some things. But like I told the team, you know. I felt like we could have been better last Saturday and that and that's my job, right. To say, Hey, as we continue to grow and go, I'm always got to push you and I got to keep pushing these guys to new heights and new heights and new heights. And, you know, when I, when I told them when they came off the field, I said, Hey, we were good today, but we could have been better, right? You guys have set a standard here that, that is very high and, and they've worked to create that standard. And now our job is to, meet that standard and then exceed it to create a new standard. And that was something I thought last Saturday where we could have went to another level and maybe we missed the mark just a hair, uh, but that's going to, ha- it gives us another opportunity, you know, this Saturday uh, to see where, how far we can take it. I don't know why, but I thought of that old, that old bit Jimmy Johnson used to fall back on. And there's a couple coaches that I constantly reference uh, Jimmy Johnson and Bill Parcells are two guys that I, I worship at the football altar of both those guys. And I remember Jimmy talking about all the time, and Jimmy could really, you know, drive his team and drive them nuts, and that's why, you know, his he kind of burned out at places and, and wasn't in one place too long. But it's one of those deals. It's it's that prophecy of it, treat a person, you know, treat a person how they are, and they will remain as they are. Treat a person based on what they could be and should be, and they will become what they could be and should be. It seems like I don't want to psychoanalyze Sark Cam, but it seems like that's a little bit of what he's getting at. Am I wrong? No, I think you're right. Does it stem from, you think, his ties with, with Pete Carroll or possibly just both Pete and Nick Saban? Yeah, I I think at this point in his career, I think Sark is more, you still see a little bit of the Pete Carroll influence, and I think that will always be there. Sark is very much more, at th- this version of Steve Sarkeesian is much more a part of the, the Nick Saban coaching tree than he, he is the Pete Carroll coaching tree just based on the way he runs the program what the expectations are how he handles players just he still you still see signs of the Pete Carroll influence but I just feel like there's more Nick Saban influence on Sark at this point which which makes sense because he most recently worked for Nick Saban out of those two guys um this last cut is uh remind me what this last cut is Cam I I already forgot the players earning playing time guys that are either either guys that are Getting you know, getting themselves in a place for starting positions, I think is how the question was asked, or guys that are making moves up the depth chart. And a couple of interesting names that I think we've mentioned a couple of these guys already this week. I think one guy that stands out to me right now is Keaton me right now, Crawford, um, who um, w- tremendous special teams player for us a year ago. Um, you know, I, I think he was Big 12 special teams player of the year. This guy was fantastic. Uh, he's playing – really well at safety force right now and he's communicating at a high level he's making plays on the ball he's playing fast um he's definitely maturing um so he's he's one guy that definitely stands out to me um another guy another guy to me that that kind of stands out are two guys that are in a healthy competition i think dj campbell and cam williams uh they're both working hard on the offensive line and, and showing some positive things there um and then I, I would say the 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 last guy that that makes sense to me that um, is definitely shown up a guy who wasn't a frontline starter for us a year ago, but I think is kind of assuming that role of that guy has been Byron Murphy uh, on the defensive line. Uh, he he's been a force uh, here early on in spring that uh, you feel his presence and he's tough to block. He um, he creates a lot of negative plays and and uh, is really strong at the point of attack. Yeah, that's what you like hearing about a defensive tackle. He's tough to block, creates a lot of negative plays. He's a problem. That doesn't that shouldn't surprise anybody about Byron Murphy. The DJ Campbell and uh DJ Campbell Cam Williams deal, that's interesting because look, you can always use offensive line depth. I, I'll reiterate it, man. Texas was really lucky last year that you went all thirteen games with the same five guys starting on the offensive line and the only time you really needed to go in your bag for depth was the Baylor game when Cole Hudson got hurt and you had to have D.J. Campbell finish that game. out. Really fortunate to be as healthy as you were on the offensive line. But most years you're not going to be that healthy on the offensive line. You've got to have probably 
ideally like eight or nine guys that you trust to be starting caliber players. Now, is Texas going to get there by the end of the spring? Probably not. But if you can, I think if you can go into camp with like seven guys that you feel good about and maybe you're looking for those one or two more, you're in a much better spot where we've seen years where it's been, hey, there might be three guys you feel good about and you're looking for a lot more and you know that's not going to happen. So really like where the offensive line is. That's a tribute to Kyle Flood and the way they've recruited. The Keaton Crawford thing, Cam, is interesting because mm-hmm. it was a position conversion from corner to safety last year. Anthony Cook was at that safety next to Jaron Thompson. But what you've done now with Keaton Crawford working at safety, and you'll get Jalen Catalan back, hopefully 100% healthy, ready to go by the time you get to camp, and that's the goal with Catalan. But Keaton Crawford now has been at safety and corner. Jade Barron's been at star and corner. you got several guys in that secondary now that have been able to cross-train positions. Gavin Holmes has worked at the star position and corner. Xavion Bryce has moved around a little bit. Austin Jordan's worked a little bit at the star. So the fact that you've been able to manufacture depth you like that on the back end because that doesn't mean, okay, if so-and-so goes down, that means the number two field corner goes in. No, you can just take your next best defensive back, shift some things around, and it's not like it's just a total mind-you-know-what for the guys that are on the field. You've got enough position flexibility that guys that have trained at different spots to where you feel like you can mix and match and really, at all times, have the best five or six defensive backs you can on the field regardless of what their primary position is. Keaton Crawford is a name that I'm surprised to hear in the spring ball because last year, Jeff, after he made that switch, it just felt like, you know, like he just didn't know what he was doing. Like he didn't, he couldn't, he couldn't grasp the the scheme that what PK and what Sark was asking him to do defensively. And, and it felt like, you know, possibly that by the end of spring ball, he wouldn't even be on the roster anymore because he would be out of playing time. So to hear his name is, is promising. It felt like a tale of two halves of spring ball for him last year. Like, you heard about him competing with Jaron Thompson for the first half. Yeah. And then it was like by the end of spring, that field safety job was Jaron Thompson's. And we didn't, to your point, we didn't hear anything about Keaton Crawford pretty much from the end of spring ball all through last year. Like Sark said, he was a, he was a core special teams guy and a good core special teams guy. But that was Jaron Thompson's job. But dig the fact that Keaton Crawford, again, a guy with position flexibility, position versatility, uh, is on the field at safety right now, getting some quality reps. We've got a couple of texts in on Specs text line asking about where Craig is. Craig is in Stillwater. Some technical difficulties getting connected at the team hotel this morning. It happens. You know, it's it's funny, Cam. I, I talked about the health of the Texas offensive line. As much as Craig travels, this is the first time like we've really had an issue with internet stuff at the team hotel, whether it's baseball, basketball, whatever, football, like. Craig's had a pretty good run. Like it almost feels like we were due for something to to go awry on the technical side. One little hiccup. It's it's not on his end either, which is the sad part. Like, yeah, Craig could be here if he could, folks. So, but we're still trying to work on it. He could he could if he would, but he's not. So um, hopefully, Craig will be back in studio Monday. So that'll be that'll all get worked out. All right, Cam, you ready for some? Golf uh, golf recommendations? Let's do it. Okay. MJ from Hearn says, hey, Ty, what do you think about Forest Creek? <laughs> yeah, love Cam, Forest Creek. Well, I'm sure Ty Henderson, if he's listening, will take note of this. But Cam, what do you like about Forest Creek? It's where I probably played the most golf the last couple of years. It's it's a great – like so the thing with Star Ranch, and someone talked about it being a slump buster, and it is because <laughs> you can take <laughs> – you can take driver out on pretty much any hole, and if you're driving it, you know somewhat. That's decent, what I'm talking about. You're gonna have a wedge in your hand probably for, and you you can score with um with Forest Creek. You're taking either three wood or maybe even like a four iron off the tee a lot, which which is what I like. It's a second shot golf course. It's a great design, and it's for the rates that compared to some other courses around here, it, it's the best. It's the best deal. This texture says, Ty, go play Shadow Glen. Great track. So, again, Ty Henderson, if you're listening, Shadow Glen. But Cam, <laughs> file Shadow Glen away. Somebody says it's a good track. It is a great track. I played it once. It's out towards, uh, was it the Manor area? Um, a mm-hmm. little bit a little bit farther away from, from where I'm at. I'm up in Round Rock, but love Shadow Glen as well. Uh, this person says, Cameron, golf note, try Valor Creek off 281. Blanco I've never area. played there. Gonna have to add that to the list. I've heard, I've heard some good things. Bucky, Bucky plays Valor Creek okay. every every once in a blue moon. I've heard okay. the buck, I've heard the Buck talk about the crack, the 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 uh, track. I almost said, I almost said I've heard Bucky talk about the crack. We have heard Bucky <laughs> talk about that, but the track at Valor Creek, uh, 
Heard of, did you hear, uh, talked about this with Zay and Chad yesterday. Did you hear Bucky giving, uh, giving Isaiah grief over possibly needing some, some blue chew oh, that no. our man Hardball Hard is advertising? Oh, no. I don't know why Bucky went after Zay like that. Of course, Bucky made it a point to say, well, I don't need it at 66 years of age, but I don't know why he was give, throwing Zay under the bus like that. That ain't right. Uh, says, is Craig hung over from the NIT last night? Go Mean Green. In uh, the times I've talked to, uh, to Craig today, Cam, and we've texted with Craig, the North Texas NIT victory has not come up. I am... Somewhat ashamed to say I did watch a fair amount of the second half of that NIT you final did? Okay. last night. Yeah, with an all-conference USA NIT championship, mind you, with UAB and UNT going And out. I believe Charlotte won the CBI, correct? Yes. So if FAU wins It'll the... be a CUSA sweep in college basketball. Power so, 5 who? So it was nice to uh, see UNT win the... Uh, the NIT last night. CB says Ty Parker, Cam Henderson, just getting. Uh, says Cam, please. CB pl- knows. Cam, please play Twin Creeks. If Bob Blue can get me out there, I will. <laughs> Big Crit fan says Ty, don't you hate how they stack <laughs> the tee shot, uh, the uh, the tee the tee shot tee sheet at Terra Vista? Yeah, it's it's impossible to get uh, tee times. Falconhead, Avery Ranch, Terra Vista. Uh, I'm out. Ooh. Texter, I'm going to save this story for inconceivable. I'm gonna, it's coming up next. I'm going to save it for that. Uh, we'll get to some feedback on the Specs text line uh, here in just a little bit. Uh, yes, screenwriter did remind me, yes, Bucky does play Valor Creek. Valor Creek is a great a lot of A lot of good stuff coming in for Valor Creek this morning. Uh, Jay Fizzle said, is that golf course off Riverside still a thing? It's been years since I've lived in the area we used to play. That course is beautiful. Yeah, I believe it's still It's I believe it's owned by um, Austin Community College now. ACC? Uh, ACC owns it? Yeah, because they have uh, a campus right next to it. Cam, some people are saying that you and Ty sound alike. Is that racist? Can we consider that racist, Jeff? I don't think you and Ty sound alike. I really don't. I think we're we're both very mellow. Maybe that's it. But Ty's usually on his like fifth Red Bull when I come in, and I, I, I stay away from that. <laughs> Dude, I can't do the energy drinks, man. Not after that one time where I got the shakes really bad. Yeah. You and Matthew um, Mayer? <laughs> I was not in a what it, how how mayor put it he was in a caffeine, caffeine induced in euphoria. euphoria that's I was not in one of those but yeah oh it says Bucky was concerned with Zay because he he has fifteen anniversaries so good looking out Buck fifteen uh, anniversaries yeah Zay's got the deal where it's like you had he's got like the day he. The ceremony was held, but then there's the day that like the marriage became official, and I, I don't know, man. Zay, Zay, and uh, his his lovely woman, they have uh, quite different anniversaries for different stuff. Sounds like a white person thing for sure. So it's a that's a lot for it's a lot for a man to keep track of. All right, I do want to get to this text that we got for inconceivable, and it's uh, it's a Friday. So what's that mean, Cam? Flaccid, baby. Uh, Zay apparently will not have that problem uh, if Bucky has anything to say about it. But uh, we will uh, we'll get flaccid after the break. We'll go to the uh, the most flaccid state in the lower 48. We'll grab that low-hanging fruit from Florida on a Friday when we come back on Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the Tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. All right, we start our Inconceivable, our last one of the broadcast week, with a contribution from behind the glass from one Cameron Parker. What you got, Cam? So yesterday was opening day in baseball, Jeff. Did you uh, partake? Did you watch? Uh, other than what I watched in the studio when I was in here with Chad and Zay, no, I did not. Well, one gentleman at Dodger Stadium did attend last night and actually is that, is that where craig was last night by chance it could be craig i don't know the name of this individual but mm, a name certain individual gentleman dodger stadium i'm i'm speculating now in the middle of last night's game he was out in left center field jumped onto the field ran about 15 paces turned around and proposed to his girlfriend in the stadium in the stands now, I don't know what she said yes or no, but before he could really even get down, he was blindsided with a vicious tackle like Fontes Burfick was out in open space. So have no idea what happened, but that gentleman 
uh, probably got banned from Dodger Stadium, may probably. have lost the ring, and may have gotten a no. That's not a very bright way to do that, man. I think you'd be better off doing, you know, doing the proposal like I talked about it, like a chain restaurant or something like that, or just do it in the in the bleachers. Comfort, I mean. yeah, exactly. Like that's where that's where going jumbotron message is not a bad idea. If it's do I risk looking cheesy going jumbotron message or risk going to jail? Cheesy over jail time is always a good call. I wonder if he like maybe tried and they're like, well, it's opening day, we don't want to do any proposals but he was like i've already got my tickets like i i can't change it now they're like sorry man and then then he went to plan b which was i guess storming the field and getting his collarbone readjusted (laughs) yeah man that uh sucks to be that guy but hey it's like you always say you play dumb games you win dumb prizes yep that's how that cat found out all right cam we got three for uh you know what i'm gonna save this one on the specs text line i'm gonna save this one for uh when we come back, because I think this is great. It's about the town of Hearn and that Walmart deal I always link Hearn to. Um, where do we want to start? Let's start, you know, uh, domestic violence in general is not funny. It's not something to joke about, but only this story could come from the state of Florida. A, man, a Florida man is facing domestic violence charges after allegedly, allegedly slapping a woman in the face I'm gonna, Cam. I'm gonna let you try to fill in the blank. Slapping a woman in the face with what inanimate object? Mm, tomatoes. You're you're not that far off. Mm. How about a slice of pizza? Okay. Uh, Marion County deputies responded to a home after receiving a 911 hang-up call on a possible domestic disturbance. When they got there, they met 39-year-old Ortilio Lazaro Alfonso outside the home. Uh, based on a probable cause affidavit, he said he got into a verbal argument with the woman. When deputies spoke to the woman, she told them Alonzo slapped her on the left side of her face with a slice of pizza, quote, after an altercation over disciplining. I'm assuming that means disciplining children, but does it say if there were children in the house or not? I don't know. When the police walked in, pizza sauce covered the front of the woman's <laughs> shirt, as well as on the collar and on the back of her shirt. Uh, moreover, she even had pizza remnants in her hair and in the ear area. When deputies entered the home, they found pizza sauce on the walls and on the ceiling. Was this just maybe a food fight going awry? Could be. Possibly. Could be. Alfonso said he threw the slice of pizza at the woman but did not place his hands on her. Nevertheless, he was immediately arrested for simple battery domestic violence and was brought to the Marion County Jail. So, man, just... If you get in an argument with your significant other, just don't don't throw anything, including food. Because now, guess what? Somebody's got to clean that up, too. And you wasted probably a perfectly good pizza. I'm going to assume it was a perfectly good pizza. Jeff, this reminds me that I've never been in a food fight before. You never have? Am I, am I missing out? No. I've never had one no, in school. No, you're not. No. No, it's like I said, it's just messy. And if you're, if you're one of the instigators or... Let's just call you an active participant. You're the one's gonna have to clean that mess up. So, yeah, it's not worth it. Okay. D- diminishing returns. Food fight is an ultimate case of diminishing returns. It's very much not worth the effort. Uh, a Florida man accused of burglary found himself cam in an itchy situation after authorities said he tried to hide from deputies by burying himself. Now, see, everybody's gonna listen to this and just go make you itch. Like we talk about, like you find a spider on you, you feel like you've got one all day. You see, oh, no. you see a scorpion in the house, you're gonna feel like you just you're seeing them all day. He tried burying himself under a pile of home insulation. Ugh. Oh man, this just makes me just makes me want to scrub myself with a Brillo pad just reading that. According to the Lee County Sheriff's Office, deputies were called to a home burglary in progress in North Fort Myers on Sunday, March 26th. In an unusual turn of events, the alleged thief scampered up to the attic and hid from authorities under a pile of home insulation with his face near an air duct so he could breathe. When authorities arrived, and this is the true Florida, this is the other Florida man part. See, the hiding in insulation is Florida man. This is Florida man. When the authorities arrived, they heard someone, quote, walking in the home's attic. Police also found a five-gallon bucket and insulation debris on the floor below the (laughs) attic access and quickly pieced together the mystery of where the alleged burglar disappeared to. 
I was going to say it's actually a really smart hiding place unless you basically tell the cops where I'm hiding at. And this cat is just covered, like even in his booking photo, just it's all over his shirt. It's in his hair. It's just everywhere. When the suspect refused to come down, deputies used non-lethal gas to try to flush him out of the attic, the sheriff's office said. When the suspect still refused to come down, deputies entered the attack, the attic, the attack. Like I can read. That's my Florence education showing up. I, I apologize to Florence ISD for making everybody look bad this morning. Deputies entered the attic with a canine unit who quickly discovered 44-year-old Bruce Davis. Well, that's a generic name. Bruce Davis under a pile of insulation. Photos shared by the sheriff's office show the suspect buried under a pile of insulation with his hand poking out. Like if you can imagine like back in the day. WWF did a buried alive match where at the very end the Undertaker stuck a glove out of the ground. That's no joke. That's seriously what this looks like. <laughs> just like two hands just sticking out from under the pile. So and right in time for WrestleMania. Yeah, WrestleMania is coming up this week. And all right, Cam, this is the Florida Man Topper. This is uh, Jordan Styles is going to be not to be confused with former Astro pitcher Jordan Lyles uh, is going to be our Florida Man of the Week. A convicted felon passed out in a car with illegal drugs and a rifle. So count those red flags. Convicted felon, passed out in a car, illegal drugs, possession of a firearm, was arrested in Hernando County, according to the Hernando County Sheriff's Office. Hernando County, excuse me. Deputies found Jordan Stiles passed out in the driver's seat of a Chevy Silverado truck uh, at the intersection of East Early Street and Jefferson East Jefferson Street in Brooksville shortly before 12.30 a.m. on Wednesday. Nothing good happens after midnight. Deputies say the truck, which had a trailer attached, was still running and in drive. According to the sheriff's office, investigators saw a piece of burnt aluminum foil and a small straw, which law enforcement says are items commonly used to ingest, inhale, consume illegal narcotics on his lap when asked about the items. Styles told the deputies he used them to smoke oxycodone <laughs> to help relieve pain in his ankles. The deputies instructed Styles to put his truck in park and contacted emergency crews to assess his health. Authorities, authorities say Styles refused treatment and did not want to go to the hospital. They conducted a search of his truck, found a plastic baggie containing a crystal-like substance, which, surprise, surprise, mm. and later tested positive for the presence of methamphetamine, a plastic baggie containing a white powder-like substance, which later tested positive for the presence of fentanyl. Wow. Five blue pills later identified as oxycodone, a large a, a plastic baggie containing a green leafy substance, which later tested positive for the presence of marijuana. Jeez, what was he missing? Just ketamine? Yeah, pretty much. Got uh, everything. They also found a Somerville American Tactical 22 long, uh, 22 caliber long rifle and eight rounds of ammunition inside the truck. Of course, as a convicted felon, you're not allowed to own a firearm. He was arrested, charged with four counts of possession of a controlled substance without a prescription, two counts of possession of a weapon slash ammunition by a convicted felon, and possession of drug paraphernalia. Talk about a good time, Jeff. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the last time, period, that dude's going to be having uh, living amongst us in Gen Pop for quite some time. It's going to do it for hour number one, hour number two, coming up next here on Life the Tower, on the Horn, live, local, and digital, on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.